Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask the questions and I answer. And I have my fearless co-pilot, Kristen Williams, DPT and senior lit teacher, here with me to answer. Hey, Kristen. Hello, hello everybody. So let's just go right in here. So we have, I, oh gosh, I'm never gonna be able to pronounce this, but Ibola Borbus. After having two C-sections and being 60, year, 60 years old, is it still possible to get a flat stomach? Oh, it, that's a lot. That, first of all, um, flat, I don't know what exactly, I know what, you, I know what you're saying. So here's what I'll say. 60 years old, that makes me realize that you probably had a baby at least maybe 30 years ago. I mean, it could have been more than 30 years ago. But the point is that C-sections were done differently. And of course, they're, they haven't changed a lot, but they've been refined. So first of all, when I see people with C-sections that are vertical, meaning it's a much bigger incision, they went through more layers of the abdomen, of the of the abdominals, uh, they're, they're going to just be, there's just like more to contend with. You've got scar tissue, you've got, you know, you had nerve endings that were also sliced. So they're affected. Um, you had two of these and, and so, and then that means you had, you know, at least two pregnancies. So there's, so these are all the things we know that are working against you. And 60 years old, you we know as we get older, it's also harder to get stronger. It's not at all impossible, and it's actually, in, in fact, necessary. <laughs> and as we get older, we need to get stronger because that is in, in itself been an illness that they're diagnosing people with. I forgot what the name is. It's like, but it's essentially like losing muscle tone as you age because of all the different ramifications. Now you're talking about a flat stomach, I'm sure, because of all it represents. One, it feels good to be able to fit in clothes with a flat stomach. Not, not, and it feels good because you feel your front body is supporting you. So I always say, 
um, until you are done on this world, in this world, nothing is impossible for changing your body. Things will be harder with those, all the things I just mentioned. So I would start by saying it's possible. Who knows? It's at least going to improve. It's going to improve. I think sometimes also, you know, I see this in young people and older people alike, is that we have visions of what we should be doing or what we should look like. And we go right to that. And we don't necessarily like take all the little micro steps to get there. And some of it also might be body type. Like, you know, I'm never going to, I'm, everybody looks at me and they think I'm, I'm slim. I am slim, but so it would take some work to get heavier. I'm sure I could do it, but I'll never also be wispy. Like I have big, I have moderate sized bones. So that's my body type. It does take me more to, to build muscle than somebody who was, you know, had more. We're all different is the point. So it's like, A, know your body a little bit and accept it for what it is, what you were given. And then how can you improve the areas that you want to? So one, you can say, of course, your abdominals will improve. You might have to look at them more, give them feedback. Because again, if they've kind of been in a twilight zone for many years, you need a lot more feedback. You can put your hand down there, pull in. I am not against things like Spanx or something during the day where you're getting feedback, where you're getting that continued effort. Like you've done the stuff on the mat uh, and then you get more feedback during the day. So it's not like just thrown down the toilet. So the answer is yes, you certainly can get a flatter stomach, meaning a more consolidated, pulled together, strong abdominal wall stomach. That would be my answer. Kristen, how about you? I that would be my answer as well. Hundred um, percent that you can get a tighter abdominal wall. As far as the appearance of it, it, it's the same thing. You know, we all are built a certain way. I've seen some of the strongest people who don't have the flattest stomach, but that, but I would kill for their legs or their butt. You know, so there's so much. Uh, I think there's a like you said, there's a connotation behind. Oh, if you have a flat stomach, that means you're in shape. I've seen people with really flat stomachs who are so weak, they can hardly get up off their shoulder blades. So um, I would try to, like you're saying, I mean, I'm all for Spanx too, something to give you that, 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 um, so first of all, give you the feedback. Second of all, try to change that, that mental image of what a flat stomach means for you. And then, you know, lastly, working on the strength and the stability of the core and then see what happens with whether your stomach flattens out. Because there are, I mean, there are just age-related, as you lose height in your spine, your stomach goes out. I mean, it's just a, it's gravity. (laughs) You know, we can't fight gravity all the time. So um, as we age, we are are fighting gravity every day, but we, we fight it harder as we age, we see it in our skin. We see it. There are just some things that aging happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would bet getting a stronger core is going to make you feel so much better that your clothes will fit better and probably will flatten your stomach to some extent. Uh, yeah. Just by way of when your core is tighter, you're kind of always in in spanks. You know, people will say to me, "How do you? You know, why do you always stand up so straight?" I'm like it's trained. You know, I, I, I trained myself to do that. I, I, I'm always my, there's always a little tension in my core because I know that supports my back. Am I sucking in my stomach? No, but I'm tensing the transversus abdominis to get my back support. Well, that's going to reflect 
to the visual as a flatter stomach, then if I let that go, it pooches out because of gravity. So. And and on perfect and on that note, the other thing I would add is check in with your pelvis because if you are anteriorly tilted, you're always going to be fighting that. <laughs> I mean, your abdominal wall. I mean, think of it literally like it is a bowl. If you tip that pelvis forward, your belly has no choice but to go forward. So that's the other thing I've seen is a lot of people who are working, working, working their abdominals, and they don't get the transverse like she, uh, like Kristen was talking about because they're not positioned to. Their pelvis is tipping forward too much. And that just kind of dials down your glutes and your TVA completely. So check in with your neutral pelvis and then, yeah, keep working it. And we're pulling for you. And I bet, I bet, you know, change is always possible. And a lot of it, again, is like remapping and becoming vigilant. I think in a way, as we get older, we have to become even more vigilant about our bodies. It's not, it's the exact opposite of what people think. They're like, oh, our bodies are just, you know, that we're just destined to do that. And I'm like, I'm going to fight even harder now because I need to, because I can stay at the same level, but if I don't stay at the same level, the the impact is much greater at our age, you know, than than um, or my age, you know, than almost your age. You're a little bit younger. <laughs> uh, great question, though. So another question, Verita, the Yogi Realtor. How cute is that? Okay. Hi, Laura. I love your page. Thank you. I've I've got hardware in my left knee and don't always feel even. I feel like I compensate sometimes. Any tips? Hmm. Well, hardware probably means you're, you probably got a knee replacement. Partial replacement, maybe? Partial replacement, yeah, something, because ACL is not going to have hardware like that to that degree. I mean, maybe you had some kind of fixation, like your knee. I don't, we don't know what you have exactly. So we're going to speak to just what we can, which is, you know, if you don't always feel even, uh, there's, there could be so many reasons for that. You know, it could be the way it healed. It could be, you know, leading up to it. So I, we don't know why you have hardware. Like if you had years of walking, not so great and you got arthritis and then like, there's, there's things that happen even before you have surgery that set you up a little bit, um, in your recovery. And then in your post, you know, post-surgical movement, you know, not all of it is, permanent, but some of it has been kind of more permanent. That's why it is hard when, when you go a long time, not walking well or something. So I, I'm not sure exactly how to answer that. Do you have any ideas? Well, this is what I'm thinking. So if we know, well, this is what we know about the knee, the knee, regardless of hardware or not, it, it, and I've said this a thousand times before, it just wants to bend and straighten. If you're feeling an asymmetry, I would look above or below, look at your ankle and look at your hip and compare that side to the other and see if you don't see the the asymmetry there. And my guess is you're going to find it there. You're going to find that maybe that hip doesn't work as well, like Laura was saying, and that's what got you into the situation that you have the hardware. If it's a degenerative reason that you have the hardware or if it's even a traumatic reason, you probably have decreased ankle dorsiflexion, which is throwing off that knee, or decreased hip mobility, which you're feeling in the knee because of the hardware. Or again, it's what caused the knee for the hardware. So because we don't know much about what she's talking about, I would say, because, and also because we know all the knee wants to do really is flex and extend a little bit of 
you know, rotation occurs there, but it doesn't want to. If you're feeling an imbalance, look above and below. I mean, you can even look up in the shoulders and the spine and the pelvis. You know, we always bring it back to the pelvis, but look there and I bet you'll find something and address that and it's going to improve your knee. Yeah. And I would add, I think that's brilliant. And I would add to that. And this is to anyone, like it is worth every cent if you go and find a specialist, physical therapist, biomechanic, kinesiologist, somebody to just take the time and look and analyze what you're, because you won't know unless you're trained in it, honestly, most likely. Maybe even, you know, maybe you've done some training, but having an outside professional, it is worth every penny to go in and have them analyze you and give you feedback. And, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, not to, not to knock our, uh, our profession, but like going to PT and getting like exercises to do at home. I'm talking about really like what Christian was saying, Christian was saying, really analyzing your movement and your compensations, because that, if you spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars for an hour to whatever it costs, it is going to, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Just think about that. I wish we would think about how important our movement is and and spend the money there because you will move better. You will feel better. You will operate better. And then you, you know, you're going to prevent further kind of imbalances down the road that could lead to other stuff. So go, go have somebody take a look at it for sure. Okay. Smell the rain. I love that. Is there actually something that can be done to make scoliosis better? She has a hmm face and some tips, please. Well, that's another depends, you know, like you're, you're asking PTs who we've treated plenty of people with scoliosis, but it totally depends. Like how long have you had it? How old are you? How, what's the degree? So not knowing any of that, I would say it certainly can in the, Perhaps the bone misalignment that is, you know, part of scoliosis will not change, but the tissue around it can improve and it's imbalance with the side that's being really, that's really shortened and the side that's being lengthened and is probably weaker. And then the surrounding areas of that. Absolutely. But again, you want to go to a specialist who could really help you with this. Uh, I could just give you one special tip and that is like, I find that almost everybody with scoliosis benefits from getting the lumbar, like the thoracodorsal fascia more pliable. And that can be done like with hanging. It just opens up so much and opens up your rib cage and and, um, that side that's really, really kind of compacted and contracted. It's hanging is, is is a beautiful therapeutic practice for people with scoliosis. Yeah. And you don't even have to necessarily hang from above. You can hang from the side of the door frame. Yeah. You don't even have to pick your feet up, right? You can actually hold the door and like just bend the knees a little bit. You just need some kind of a counter tension. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I mean, scoliosis is one of those things that uh, a lot of people have and people don't even know it. I see it day in and day out. You know, I'll be looking at their whatever and they'll bend forward and I'm like, well, they got a scoliosis. And it's sometimes if it's, you know, I'll like, have you ever diagnosed with scoliosis? And they're like, no, why? And I'm like, oh, nothing, no big, you know, I kind of, because again, you don't want to get up here. You don't want to get in their brain and they freak out about it. But a, a lot of people have an, as- an asymmetry and they're asymptomatic or they are, you can't see it. You can't, no one would know unless, like you said, the trained eye. And kind of going back to that comment that you made with being able to watch people and watch them move, uh, you know, that takes practice too. So 
you can't go to someone who just has gone to a weekend course. You know, it's got to be someone who, same thing with scoliosis. You know, you're better off with someone who really focuses on that and sees hundreds of cases. Just like if you had to go get your knee replaced, you wouldn't go to the guy that just came out of school and has only done two or three of them. You're going to want to go to the person who's trained under somebody who trained under someone else who, you know, it's repetition. So, um, you know, that, that trained eye, that knowledge goes a long way. But the simple answer to that, I agree with you 100%. Hanging, tractioning, stretching, loosening the soft tissue and see the ramifications that will be had upon the skeleton as a whole, not just the, scolio- the scoliotic part. And what's interesting is I actually, this brings me back to another private client. She said somebody had told her down the road, she couldn't really remember who it was, but that she had scoliosis. So I just did a real simple, I mean, I did it through Zoom. So it's not, I said, I'm going to see what I can see and it's going to be limited, but I didn't see any scoliosis. But what I said is I said, did you ever like play a one-handed sport or something? And she's like, oh yeah, I played lacrosse in college. And I was like, so, and in high school, so she had developed one, you know, one side of her ribs did look a little pronounced, but that was muscular, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So she had in her mind that she had scoliosis. And I was like, I don't think you do. I think it's completely, and it, and it really, it, I was seeing her for shoulder issue. So it all kind of lined up that she, like, again, those imbalances might not um, bother you for a while. They could be totally asymptomatic. And that could be the case if you have scoliosis or you just have, uh, you know, a muscular looking type scoliosis, like where you really get a hump on one side, humpish, I don't want to say hump, but you know, and, um, and so, yeah, for everything, you're just, we're never going to be fully balanced. Of course, that's just life. I mean, but we can improve the imbalances and that's the whole idea. So I would say, yes, you can improve them and do what Kristen said, traction, soft tissue massage, all that good stuff. Core stuff will help scoliosis as well. All right. One final question from my MK Yoga with Rachel. What are the best moves to focus on after having had adhesive capsulitis to get it to thaw fully. Thaw as in T-H-A-W. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying that like thaw. It's got a thaw, you know, it's really cold. All right, so <laughs> there are some words in my, with an, my, I don't have an accent a lot, but some words will come up and thaw. I don't know, thaw is one of them. It just sounds oil like I got- Oil will come out like oil. Oil, yeah, I know, oil, I know. It's just like, oh, what are we gonna say there? And I say, how do you say W-O-L-F? Wolf. Yeah, you say it kind of like me. I say wolf. And Mark's like, a wolf? And I'm like, a wolf. And he's like, I, but I asked my friends from North Carolina and they say the same way. So it's, it must be a North Carolina thing. All right. So how do we thaw out that adhesive capitalize? What, um, what are some pieces of advice? Well, it, for, first of all, let's, can you just, can you tell everybody who doesn't know what adhesive capsulitis is? Yes. So adhesive capsulitis is called a frozen shoulders. That's why she said thaw. Um, a frozen shoulder is basically, we don't know why it happens some of the times. Uh, they speculate that it can be uh, viral. It can be an autoimmune type response to a virus, but the ligaments or the capsule of the joint shortens, meaning uh, that the, the joint gets stiffer. And it kind of happens gradually, but people almost notice it overnight. And it takes forever to thaw wow. out. Unfortunately, it really takes a long time. Therapy can speed up that process, uh, but a lot of it is 
just patience. It, it can be upwards of two years until it totally thaws out. And it, and if and if you're not on top of it, sometimes it doesn't. I've seen people who they have it and they don't address it, and then it you develop, you know, unfortunately, a very shortened and uh, you know changed joint, for lack of a better term. So, what are some great things to do? Some of my favorite ones. They're in the upper extremity stretching. Uh, portion, but, you know, using straps to do some extension and internal rotation and some flexion and external rotation. I love coming into a door frame, like a half cactus, uh, you know, leaning into that or two arms, because then you can compare left to right. Those are easy. Um, even the hanging, believe it or not, the hang from the door frame, again, you're just going to get some tractioning of that. The joint, uh, if you're at, if you're at your desk at work, putting the forearm on the edge. I'm demonstrating for Laura, even though nobody can see me. The forearm on the edge of the uh, desk and hinging forward at your hips to come into some external rotation that way. Bringing the arm across the body, uh, coming into horizontal adduction. I mean, there is a whole host of stretches that, believe it or not, if the more diligent you are about doing those, the better off. You can't just go to PT three times a week and be stretched. You got to stretch all the time because it is, it's, I think there's a neural component too, where stretching needs to be frequent. It it's, can be both dynamic and passive, but you need to retrain the brain to let go of that position of shortening. Yeah. It's like, exactly. It's like overriding it so that it can yeah, that you can get that function back. And um, those are all ones I would give. I would also, I always give pendulum swings because they're almost always, I mean, I they're, they're pain-free because you're just letting, so if you were standing and you just kind of hinged over with your right hand on your right thigh and let your left arm dangle, just swing it, you know, forward and back, make circles, go in that horizontal adduction, abduction to, to lubricate um, that area because, again, the capsule, all that stuff. So the ligaments come and they form the capsule. That's where the cap, the adhesive capsulitis term comes from. And it really, it's like it just like, it's like, it's like if you've ever, if you've ever traveled, which we did, um, and there's different, uh, um, what's it called, drier heat. So like in Europe, their drier heat is different. So you put something in and for a much short, you should put it in for a shorter time. So we didn't. Things actually like literally Olivia's like size 14, she was 14 years old, pants shrunk down to like a four, four-year-old. It was the funniest thing. And, you know, we then read later, it's like, oh, it's because their, their heating system is different. You can't do it for as long because it's just like, and it changed it. And that's how I look at it as a hesychapsulitis. It's like one day, all of a sudden, the capsule just like, decided to go down to like tiny size and hook onto the humerus. So you're like, oh my God, it, it hurts when I move because I have been just, you know, um, in prison there. Uh, the one thing I'll add is it is much more likely to have it on the other side, the other shoulder, once you've had one. So if you've had it on one, just be aware of that. So keep that other one, like preemptively keep it mobile. And and like Kristen said, You've got to do the stretching yourself every day. Yes, you could have somebody else work the tissue and mobilize you, but you've got to, you've got to just keep it going. Yeah, yep, definitely. And uh, it's a funny thing. Like I remember my dad calling me uh, and saying, God, my, my, my golf swing, it's just all of a sudden, it's just, it's not as good. And I said, dad, 
did you get a flu shot recently? And he's like, yeah, I got one two weeks ago. I said, which arm did you get it in? He's like, I got it in that one. And I'm like, I gave him stretches. He nipped it in the bud. And, um, you know, I do think there is a, there, there can be a viral component. Too. I've seen it way too many times that people will come to me. I don't know what it is. And I always ask, did you get a, some sort of you know, inoculation of sorts? And it's usually in that arm. And I think talking, going back to our, even maybe our last one, talking about rheumatoid arthritis, and the body, the body responds to what's put in it. And um, I think there's something behind that frozen shoulder and, you know, viruses. So, uh, which I think also, and also having me be more susceptible to the other side, that's a, that's an internal component. Yeah. That's how the, that's how the body has responded. It's like hyper alert. So it's going to be like, I'm going to lock you down too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So keep it moving. Yeah. Thank you for your wonderful questions. Thank you, Kristen. It's so good to do this with you. You're so brilliant. And as always, I'm pulling for you. 